0: You just got to do what you got to do. Sometimes I tell, I just had a conversation. My buddy in Canada called me the other night. He's doing a startup lawn care business. It's not his passion, but he's raking in the dough and he calls me because his passion is cars and everything. And he's like, Hey, he's like, I got a question for you. He's like, as you know, I'm ADHD as, all and all as well. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I, I, I know that I have friends who are like that. I get it. He's like, but here's the deal. He's like, I'm, I'm making money with this lawn care business. Yeah. I don't enjoy it, but I'm making money with it. And I'm, you know, it's paying all my bills, but I like I enjoy this thing over here, but it's not making any money. What's your opinion on what I should do? Should I try to build both these things at the same time? He's like, should I go all in on my passion, like Gary V says? And so I told him, I was like, you want my honest opinion? And he's like, yeah. He's, I'm like brutally honest. He's like, yeah. I'm like, fuck your passion. <laughs> he's like, what you, he's like? What are you talking about? He's like, that's not what everyone says. I'm like, I don't care what everyone says. I'm like. I know you hate the lawn care job, but if you don't have money, you can't do much, right? Here's Mm -hmm. what you need to do. You need to build that business up. You need to go all in balls to the wall as fast as possible and remove yourself. Focus on subcontracting. Focus on hiring somebody in your place. Focus on maybe possibly taking less of a profit to have other people do the work and you focus on systemizing the lead gen and then just keep subcontracting out. But that way you're not doing all the work and you're running as a business owner. Your goal is to remove yourself from that business and have it work for you. Then you can work on your passion.
1: Absolutely. You gotta make you gotta you gotta make fucking money.
0: This whole culture now of oh chase your passion, chase your passion, chase your passion, even if it never makes you a dime. Like I (laughs) what (laughs) I don't know about you. I can't live off that. Absolutely.
1: And and this is something that um I've actually I've heard a couple of people talk about it and I forget who it was. It might've been Grant Cardone. Um, he talked about that. Yes, you can have a passion, but guess what? What you're good at, you also become passionate about. So mm-hmm. if if you start building this landscaping company, and even if you don't really care for it all that much in the beginning, eventually you will love it because it's your baby, right?
0: And it's making and you bank and it's correct. growing and Absolutely. you're learning it.
1: Yeah. So my advice to him would have been very similar to yours because like you said, You can have a passion all you want, but if you have something that's making you money, you'll
0: learn to love that. (laughs) Yeah. And on the other side of it, it's also that weird, that weird instance where if you're passionate about something and then you try to make money in it and you go all in to try to make money in it, you end up hating it. Yeah. Like it's like, you just, it ends up not being your passion anymore because now you're struggling with it. Like typically people have a passion because they enjoy doing something because there's no pressure to do with it, do with it. Mm -hmm.
1: yeah yeah. and that's where just like you said you could absolutely love it but once you're living on it it has to survive Mm. you want that to be a passion you want that to be like breaking the money boring but you know it's going to work and it's going to be successful so you just you do that
0: yeah and that goes back to you with the um Actually, we had a correlating topic. ADHD in a nutshell right here. We got on this topic for a reason. It was correlating to you. And now I forgot it. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's for funny. Example: uh, We were talking about tinting. Yeah, yeah. Right. So yeah, tinting, raking in the money. Yeah, tinting's doing well. Oh, auto, auto. You don't yeah. like auto, but
1: it brings in the money. Absolutely. So that's pretty much what it became, right? You know, when I got back into cleaning glass or when I got into cleaning glass, I was like, all right, I'm doing something. I don't really care for it, but it's easy money. Um, but I got to do it to make more money. That's fine, right? And now that I've been doing it for two, three months, I want to say something like that, uh, it's getting easier. It, like, the job is super easy. I'm up to speed with even the faster techs, so it's it's mm-hmm. super easy to learn. Money's coming in, and I'm getting back in the mo- uh, the groove of, just working hard right right so now i'm turning that and just applying it to my other businesses i think a problem with entrepreneurs is they're so stuck on working for themselves they forget how to work hard and they forget to grind because they're like "Oh, i'm working on my business it should be easy you know and they kind of use that as (laughs) like a crutch to lay back (laughs) Yeah, they they use it as a crush to to oh. lay back on, um, a lifestyle they want.
0: Right. Like oh, that work lifestyle balance that people talk about, and it's not really a thing.
1: Absolutely, and and I I've seen this a lot where people will start a business, and then when it's difficult because they're their own boss and they're not they're not doing the work anymore, right? So they don't want to go out and hustle and usually they would only do it because their boss told them to, right. you know, and they're not putting themselves to do that. Right.
0: They feel uh when you work for somebody else, if you're bu- you, like, you feel like, um, come what's the word for it it's almost like there's a level of accountability there where you feel like you have to go out and do it and if you don't bad things are going to happen where when you start working for yourself there's nobody looking down on you there's nobody keeping you accountable to do it Uh, obviously if you don't go make money bad things are still going to happen you're not going to have money to pay your bills and all that stuff but the thing is that level of hierarchy for accountability isn't there
1: yeah absolutely and and when the business fails, they're like, oh, I guess I'm just going back to corporate America, blah, blah, blah. when it could have succeeded if they were doing the things they should have done, mm-hmm. right? But just, they again, they remove themselves from, so this is something that I know you say a lot, um, I know a lot of people say this a lot, and they're always talking about work on your business, don't work in your business, but, but there's still, there's a point when you do need to work in your business, especially in the beginning, right? Mm-hmm. And and every once in a while, just like I said, you know, getting down in the dirt with your employees and reminding yourself what it means to, again, be entry level and what it means to work hard can go a long way for people, <laughs> you know.
0: I say it a lot because I deal with people who... All they do is work in their business. Yeah. That's I mean, what, I, that's what I run into. It's like, you, I got to tell them the opposite of what you just said, because that's what they do all day.
1: Absolutely. And I, and I totally get it. And I understand in the long run, you do want to be there. Um, but people take that, they hear that, they take that to heart right away. And they try to do it, I think a lot of times too early. And they drastically hurt themselves because they're not ready for management level. Right. Mm hmm so they're not doing the things they need to do to be at least management and then you take that up a notch to you know that leadership style and they all of the people don't have it and or at least they're not used to it so they go from working to you know managing and everything starts falling apart because they're not ready for it so i think that's kind of my thoughts on that one but
0: Yeah, no, I agree. Sorry, my phone just went off. I was like, "All right, no, 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 you're fine, you're fine." <laughs> like, like,
1: I'm, uh, I'm planning out. Like, we're talking about window tinting. I have a, right. I have a map up on my screen here. You wouldn't be able to see it, but so I, I have a like two clients out in Maine, and then oh, one oh. person in Dover. So it's kind of like I was planning out my day because I'm like, I gas prices is like five dollars a gallon. I am not driving out. <laughs> <laughs> to all these places right. three times so i got all of them to schedule for the same day so i'm trying to figure out what that's going to look like on my schedule
0: <laughs> you go all out there at the same day up to Maine. oh that's funny yeah. too, to talk about Maine. i just had a, a kid in the mergers and acquisitions industry i didn't like the same this is as crazy as me meeting sven up in Range. um yeah he's out in maine i came uh from mutual contact to mine will uh sean i think his last name is will sheen Um, I could be wrong there so sean if you're listening my bad apologies (laughs) but but, uh he connected me to a kid one of his sales reps who is uh doing auto collision acquisitions and i had no idea who this kid was but he was in maine and he had built a team and stuff and he he had reached out to me so long story short um some point this summer i've been invited to go up to portland maine for dinner right yeah, and yeah. then one thing leads into another. So now that I'm going up to Portland, Maine for dinner, I was talking to Ray, and he's like, "Oh yeah, we have some opportunities up in Maine coming up for ESG housing and real estate development and everything." And I'm like, "Oh, I'm like, why, why do I keep getting like this Maine stuff coming and I'm like, you know how far away Maine is from where I live? I'm yeah. Like yeah. it's not far enough to fly, so I have to drive. Right, yeah, like yeah. the gas is. I'm like, it's not fun with gas, but luckily I got a little four banger, so. It's like I, I'm semi fuel efficient. That being yeah. said, 25 bucks used to fill me up. Now it's like 40, 45. It's almost double.
1: I know. I wouldn't have cared so much about these trips to Maine because I'm a little closer than you. But one of these jobs is going to require some ladders. So I have to bring my Tahoe, yeah. which is awful, absolutely awful on gas. So I was like, no, usually I just bring my car, but the ladder is not going to fit in it. I'm like,
0: damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Plunge it to the roof, drive it.
1: Out. Yeah, I'm so like, maybe, like, that would probably be the better option, except, you know, I'd damage the paint. So I have to bring my Tahoe. Right. I'm just not thrilled about that. <laughs>
0: We need a beater bungee. It was like that's what we used to do in roofing and home improvement. If we didn't want to take the trucks, we all of us would have like secondary beater cars that we would just, you know, like hatchet it wet with it, do, do the uh, construction straps, the hatchet straps, and the um bungee I'd do all of it just to the roof of the car and yeah. just drive. It would be like a um, little, what do you call them? Little Ford Taurus or like little small Ford cars, like the 1990 Ford Focuses with like two giant ladders on the top of them driving down the
1: road. That's funny. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah, I mean, I have the to no so I many.
0: I mean, but, I mean, yeah. you did, you did, we did what we got to do. If, you know, the trucks are out of commission or if we just didn't. If it was a long enough trip that we didn't want to use the gas in the trucks.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like, I get it. It looks crazy when you're driving down the highway and someone's like, what is wrong with that car? But, <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I have three stops out in Maine. And I was like, I got to fit these into one day because I'm not driving out there three times. So, That's luckily... Smart, yeah, so luckily they all decided that same day was perfectly fine. So I'll make well over a grand for that one day, which is great because it's not a lot of work.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: so I love tinting. It's and great. You get a
0: little trip up there, too, as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. and then I have a person in Keene and a person in Exeter who are looking to get quotes right now. So the window tinting is coming along, though. So even with the automotive, which is we're booked out until the end of July already, right? Mm-hmm. Um if we wanted more, we could just open our schedules and just f- fill it, right? It's crazy. But I've been trying to do more and more flat less, and luckily that's starting to pick up. So I'm just going to keep pushing and see what happens.
0: Are you taking any uh, prepayments for when you're booked out? Are you taking like half down to keep their spot in line and then half later or what?
1: Yeah, when we do auto, um, there is a deposit, and that's just enough to... All right, cool. Make sure they're they're serious about, I was gonna about say, staying in line.
0: If you're gonna start lining people up, get deposits.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Because that's always an issue is people not wanting to. Um, they'll sign up and then just no show. But I'm like, right. if you don't show, we're keeping your money, right? So, sorry guys. So they they typically show up because like I said there's so few shops in the area that. They're going to be waiting a while, so they might as well, That's you know, a
0: good, a good problem to have. One of their companies, me and Sven were looking at, um, in the manufacturing space, they had they they built a Vermont timber homes, and yeah, um, they had a waiting list, they were booked at like their waiting list went right into 2023. yeah And I was like, what do you, in that type of situation, we're looking at it and we're going, all right, what do we want to do to bring that down? And if you have a waiting list where you are booked out like that, like your only option is to either keep building your business at that pace or force yourself to grow, to bring that waiting list down sooner. So hiring employees, building uh, systems and management and going in there and like trying to crunch that time. It's a good problem to have.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like I wish... A lot of my businesses were like that. (laughs) They aren't. But we're getting there. Um, We're actually about to have a big turnover at the co-work. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So I have, I just evicted someone and I have two tenants who are getting ready to leave. Oh, you
0: evicted someone. Yeah. For non-payment or for doing something stupid?
1: Doing something stupid. Right. (laughs) So um, we were having issues with a particular tenant for a while, uh, but they weren't so bad that i felt i could have him yet right um he knew he was on a short leash anyway and then he did something else and i'm like no now we're done what you did was outside of what i'd allow um so i should have gotten rid of him sooner but yeah,
0: pretty lenient what's that you're pretty lenient
1: yeah absolutely and so what it essentially came down to was um his side of the story is a little different but i didn't care i just looked yeah, at the well, They all are. Well, I just look at the bare bone facts of what it is. So him and another tenant are always going at it. And generally, I don't care. It's petty squabbles between the two of them. I'm like, shut up. I don't care. You know, she one person would always complain. The other person smelled like cigarette smoke or weed or something like that. Um, And the other one who who was the guy who I did eventually evict, um, he was just like, I don't know what your problem is with me. So, right. Um, so, a few things that happened. Like I said it's all petty. I knew it was fucking petty because she never complained when the other people who she was friends with um, smelled like weed or something like that. Right. Right. So it was just this one particular person she didn't like. Just kind um, of targeted. Yeah, yeah. But then one of his clients, um, accidentally or purposely—I don't know—I don't really care—walked into her office and she's a massage therapist right mm-hmm. so acts so walks into her office when she's with a client right so she has someone on the massage table and this dude just walks in to her office now what i told her is one your door should have been locked that's kind of on you but he's also responsible for his clients so he can't be having clients walking into other people's offices like right it's on purpose or not you're supposed to be in you know taking care of your clients yeah,
0: i was gonna say why didn't you lock her doors but you know correct
1: so i understand his position on it i understand hers um in this position i've given him enough chances and this isn't right. the first time one of his clients has done something stupid so i'm like you can't have your clients doing stupid things in my building whether on accident or purpose so i'm like it's time for you to go and uh, and that was pretty much
0: it. I don't know what your massage like. I don't know how deep she gets, but I'm assuming if she does massages on women. It may revolve their back, which sometimes may mean their bras need to be unhooked, and that's like one step away from a sexual harassment charge.
1: Like, Absolutely, and that's what I said. Like, I'm like, it's it's not hard to, you know, keep an eye on your clients and make sure they are where they're supposed to be, and guide them and stuff like that. Right. Mm-hmm. So. My, and you sure as hell can't have them walk into other people's offices, right? That's beyond what I'm going to allow. And when I, when it happened, I was like, "You're done. Get out. You're interfering with other people's businesses. I can't have that." Especially, like you said, you know, your massage therapist. You know, I so I've been to this massage therapist. Mm-hmm. and She's and she will uh, at the beginning. She says, "Get undressed to whatever level you're comfortable with." So who knows? what state of dress you know our right. clients are with we're in right so yeah. i could i could totally see uh that could get bad pretty quick that,
0: that, yes that will fall back on the massage therapist but it's also mm-hmm. going to fall back on the cowork because it happened in yes
1: yeah and he's and so this is the other end of me processing who to blame for this right is um this particular person so in the cowork um, I don't really put a stake on the businesses, right? So I don't care if you're a brand new business or a million dollar business, whatever, it doesn't matter. I don't know why you'd be in the work if you're a million, million dollar business, but whatever, everyone has their reasons, right? Right. But at the same time, um, there is a level of professionalism I expect. And if I don't see that in your business, I will take that into consideration when asking you, to renew your lease. Right. So it wasn't an eviction as much as I'm like, you have 30 days. I'm not renewing your lease. Um, Have your stuff out because you're month to month. And I'm telling you, I'm not renewing. Right. right? So I could do that for any reason at any point where you're on month to month, I can just tell you a leave, Right. So, um, so professionalism plays a role in if I let you stay. Right. And there's times I've seen it personally where he's a tattoo artist, right? So he'll tell someone five o'clock and it was a running joke from us that minimum it's going to be about two hours that you're waiting there for him to show up. Right. Hmm. So for, it's probably the average, right? About two hours after you are there for your appointment, he's going to show up for one reason or another. He's late. He's this. He's that. He's the other thing. So, after a while, I can't be having people hanging out around the co work waiting for you, right? Right. It's a level of professionalism I don't want in the building because I want businesses who are serious, right? It's
0: also the more unsupervised people in there that have nothing to do with Correct. you. The higher the chance of problems have arising.
1: Absolutely. And I think the worst situation or worst case was a woman was there four or five hours and she was waiting for the dude to show up. Right. And he showed up and they rescheduled and I wouldn't have
0: waited that long. Absolutely not. Crazy.
1: Mm -hmm. And uh, so that was part of it. Like professionalism, very bad. Um, This particular incident with one of his clients, he had another incident with a client that um, I was told about and I was like, I can't be having you do this stuff, dude. And that was his last warning. And then I I booted him. So yeah, long story short, we have a bunch of offices opening up. Um, But every time I put out an ad, I get four or five people who want to move in. right? Right. So now I'm just filling offices. I have another one who was ready to move in Monday, but I have stuff in that office now cuz I was using a storage that I'm like shit right. now I need something to do with that stuff. So I've just been bouncing a bunch of other problems around as I try to get things up and running. Good um, problems
0: to have though. That's it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and we're in a interesting position where I'm trying to decide between cuz the coworking is not growing all that well. Um it still just hasn't recovered from pandemic stuff. But my virtual offices are growing pretty well, right? Yeah. So I was torn between leaving the co-work where it is or renting it because I had someone offer renting the whole co-working space. Right. And I was like, maybe I would have to consider a couple of things, but I don't think I'm going to do that. But I was thinking about putting in more mailboxes and really pushing on the.
0: Yeah, we talked about that a little bit. Yeah, yeah and,
1: and really pushing on the virtuals because those. Tend to, those seem to be a good option because people are kind of jumping on them now. So mm-hmm. I'm like, no, oh, yeah, enough $50 a month is plenty, you know?
0: <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, you got. 20 of them, that's a thousand bucks a month every 20. And it's something that sticks. And I showed you a couple of posts of guys in the M&A industry acquiring mail. Well, I call them mailbox houses, mail houses for that reason. But it's like, they have like one of them at 5,000 and they were at some, I forget the price tag, but it's like, if you have 5,000 mailboxes and you, in one month you decide I'm going to up the price $10 a month. Think about how quickly everything just jumped, right? Yeah. It's like you, it's a, it's one of those things you build up over time. It's nice, very low maintenance, monthly reoccurring revenue. And then you can figure out how to add upsells to it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And
0: so we're
1: going to play with it. I'm going to figure out what to offer, how to offer it, some of that stuff. I have someone who wants to be our receptionist um, and she's not requiring money. It would just, I would be giving her one of my offices for free, mm-hmm. right? Right. So as long as the money and the numbers make sense, it's a pretty good deal for us to, you know, get some labor in exchange for service type deal, type deal. Right. So I have to, I, I told her to first, before I do that, I have to talk to the accountant and the lawyer to make sure, <laughs> you know, what's yeah. legal, what's set up properly. So, just so, you know, we're covered, you know, all that type of stuff. So.
0: Yeah, I know several people who are, especially as we're leading into problematic time, scooping up those um, mail, virtual mailbox businesses for that reason. Mm-hmm. They're beautiful. They're uh, a prime target to be acquired by bigger companies that want them because it's an easy business to run. And it yeah. like yeah. usually once somebody gets a mailbox, they very rarely ever cancel. I
1: know because you just I've had a few people cancel. But in general, it's a, you know, you set up, you have all, if you've ever moved, you kind of understand what I'm talking about. It's a pain to change all of your addresses mm-hmm. in all those places. So it's really easy to get something set up and you just, it sits, right? So if if businesses go out of business, that's when they typically cancel. Um, But they don't really move around all that much, even Here's if they that. find... A better there's option
0: a, there's a filing company that i use i think it's yeah it's ink file so yeah. they incorporate like the back end i showed you once like starting incorporation company but after they incorporate you as a business their upsell immediately is a virtual mailbox right yeah. and yeah. the reason that's a prime time to sell virtual mailboxes you got your money for incorporation and now your is a virtual mailbox and they have it in one software where you can manage it well for the incorporations that I've done, I'm paying 30 bucks a month for every mailbox, right? And it's just because it's like, they immediately ask me during the incorporation. So it's so easy to just be like, yes, fine, right? And then if I I track all my mail from these different incorporations and if I want it sent to me, it gets sent to me, period, right? And so it's like, it's such an easy thing, but I haven't canceled one of those yet. And I don't think I will for a very long time. There's no reason to, right? Because I don't want that, you know, it's a good management system. So it's kind of like creating a, a, I don't know the official term from creating a mailbox company like that is a very smart play. Yeah. It's not like heavy. It's not like making tens of thousands of dollars up front, but it trickles in and it becomes very stable income.
1: Absolutely. So for us, I'm looking at offering a couple different packages. One very basic entry level. So it's like $20 a month or something like that. Kind of very similar to what you were talking about earlier. Yeah. And all it is is we take your mail, we put it in the mail slot because we're actually going to put mailboxes in to the building. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's all it is. Mail goes in, done. Right. You can upgrade to the $50 a month, which is the one we're currently offering. And when mail comes in, we take a picture of it, we send it to you. It's like, do you want it shredded? Do you want it? What you know, you kind of give people the option, yeah. And uh, so that's kind of what we're looking at offering a couple of packages, and then we offer again the paid in full for the year. So, hopefully, if you can get even a couple of people to pay in full for a year every month, that covers all our expenses, and then we'll get the trickle up of like $50 a month on a bunch of people. So, so yeah, we'll see what happens with it. I have higher hopes for that than the co working. <laughs> So that's what I've been kind of directing because I want to
0: untap. Like it's kind of, how to, you don't have li- much limits on it. I mean, yeah, you can, get your small little mailboxes and put them in the co-work, but it is, you got much more room than renting offices and the people don't care about being in person.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So what might happen is eventually, um, so kind of long-term play for the cowork, um, I'm probably going to change the name and I'm probably going to rebrand, right? So I like co-work. But I don't want to deal with... So, how do I wear this? I'm probably going to have to close down Lendonderry eventually because it's been three years. I have two more years on the lease. And the space is okay, but it's just not working the way I want it to. Mm -hmm. And the things I want to do, it's not a good space for it, right? Right. I want a warehouse because I want to move into the warehousing portion and then with that mailboxes and some offices, if,
0: yeah, if they're there, right? Yeah. Anybody who really wants an office will get one in a warehouse too. i like they. there's a um, business park in Brad, um, Braddable, Vermont, where they rent offices in the business park to business owners. And that whole facility is technically a warehouse and they yeah. broke it up into yeah. spaces that they designed offices in, right? Absolutely.
1: And if I have more capital, I can just get a warehouse and then build some stuff on the inside. It's perfectly fine. So what I want is big warehouse, a lot of like hundred foot cages, and then people can use those cages to run their little businesses. We can ship and we can receive there. All that. So that's my big plan to move the coworker, whatever it becomes, um, and kind of my plan for all of that moving forward. It makes gonna, so much yeah. need
0: to change and it's one that may you know, spark you up for it and go forward with it and give you a lot of enthusiasm in it. It's uh, something to tackle. Absolutely. I think it's going to work really well because if I had to pick again, it's
1: do I want to be like all the other co-working spaces in the area? No. Um, a lot of them cater to women focused. you right. Mm-hmm. Nothing wrong with that, but that's not me. Right? <laughs> um, mine, I like working with entrepreneurs, and specifically this type of business. So if we tackle the shipping and receiving portion that most businesses or most facilities don't even look at, then I think that's going to be a good yeah, for
0: customers. The thing is like people right now in the industry, especially in e they look for fulfillment warehouses to partner with to do yep. all their stuff. Right. And they can be all over the world. But if you create a streamlined thing where I mean, maybe even if you added, you know, incorporation services, if you incorporated the business, gave them a the mail house and were the shipping and yep. receiving solution. Mm-hmm. Now it's like, okay, cool. Right. Like you're yeah. a one-stop shop for it. And you're built, you built your brand in the industry around um, warehousing instead of just another office rental space. Absolutely. And that's,
1: that's the, the big goal is hopefully people see that and they're like, we want to be here, right? This is where we want to grow our business. And then hopefully that gives kind of the kick I need to point co-worker or what it becomes
0: why, why should you host your digital mailbox with us well because if you host it then you get a discount on shipping and receiving with us and you can also have because we have your mailbox you can ship stuff to the facility we can ship it out for you etc yeah and like there's that opens up a lot of doors for other people who are smart to figure out ways to make money by yeah, utilizing you and whoever you hire to do the work but that means everything you do you can create a you can take a piece of the pie from
1: yep yep so as you, i think you can see what i'm going for so i think it'll be a good a good growth avenue and that's only one of them like the i already told you about the stuff museum that'll be one that's probably going to come before the new co-work um, mm-hmm. or the rebranding because that's going to require a lot less capital um so between the window tinting and the selfie museum
0: yeah, goes, yeah. those what's that be a fun little project that gets it up and running and stuff like that. Either, you know, immediately it's not going to work or it absolutely explodes. It's like one or the other, they don't drill on. It's really interesting how little gigs like that work. It's like you, you set it up, you go and it just explodes or you're just like, you're just no one shows up. You're like, okay.
1: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And I think,
0: you know, real quick.
1: Yeah. And I think just from the, the marketing I've done so far, I think the selfie museum is going to do very, very well. Um, yeah, because I've I've been getting very, very good feedback
0: on it. We're in a content world, we're in a world of Absolutely. everybody wants to create content. That's the beauty of it.
1: Yep, and we're going to go the very similar route with um, the selfie places we did the co-working space, where you're going to have um, the ability to have memberships, right? So photographers can have memberships and we're going to allow the people to have memberships, uh, just uh, different price ranges. Right. Right. So if you want to bring all your clients to a place where you can take pictures of them as a photographer, we're going to allow that, in a in a way. So it'll be, I think it'll be profitable.
0: Incorporate have, some sort of rental equipment. Correct. So there's things where, Plus rental equi- equipment and either the equipment is at a reduced rate for a higher membership, or it's like at a basic membership, you have to rent it separately per use.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. So you already, you have a, uh, you have a, a good insight to what we're doing. So, <laughs> so that'll be uh that'll be fun to see that come to fruition. That should be a much lower, um, much lower buy-in than, starting of the warehouse that's going to take a lot of capital
0: uh now, I um, the reason I brought that up is and the reason I have insight to it is because I was talking to a gentleman a couple months ago in the event space and he got a space that he hosted events at he let people rent it to do events yeah. and then he provided the chairs and like all that stuff but you had to pay separately per chair per you know like table per all that stuff to rent the equipment yeah, and yeah. then he offered setup, which you had another fee for if mm-hmm. you wanted it so it's like no so people would would do the events they'd rent it for events then they'd realize okay we can run around and find all these things separately or we can just take them from this guy and rent it from the same guy and then he can even set it up if we need him to and it was like a good stack of revenue coming in due to that
1: yeah absolutely yeah there's a lot of options i think the biggest things right now are going to be uh things that don't require a lot of manpower so -hmm. that's going to be interesting to see how we can work it out as as everything grows right um because just from what i'm kind of seeing more is macro yeah more macro across the country is labor is going to be an issue for a long time mm-hmm. so building businesses so that you need very few employees
0: (laughs) yeah so the membership to the place you have all the equipment in the place you have to have security to track the equipment or maybe one person always in the place one person is enough to check it log the equipment every single day but people have to pay for use, kind of like when you go to a bowling alley and then you can pay to like you pay separately for different things inside the bowling alley but you also sometimes pay to bowl right yeah you, you pay for bowl and then you like pay for the shoes and pay for all that stuff depending on the bowling alley like you set it up like that they track the shoes they track the bowling balls they track all that stuff so if you just think of that for your uh your studio you're building your your event space if you just think all right cool we start here we build it out and then we have the equipment and then we like can offer the equipment but like if, if you want to if you want less manpower get rid of the setup model then it's just you know like rent the space and rent the equipment
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty much what we have in mind. There's going to be things everywhere. Yeah. Security cameras. Absolutely. Probably one employee man the desk because it's a self museum. They're not going to require like a ton of attention, but it's more (laughs) keep an eye on everybody.
0: Nobody gets hurt. Nobody steals crap.
1: Yep. And a lot of the outsourcing stuff like cleaning, all that type of stuff can be just put on to other agencies. And that'll, I think that'll do really well here in New Hampshire because there's no competitors. So if you if you have it in a hot area, it'll be highly marketable. Absolutely, like I'm looking at Manchester. Have a few places in mind, and if we do that, we're pretty much set. Like that'll be easy, and then it'll just be a game of making sure our exhibits are fun, right? So people look at them. I see them all the time. Um, Every time I see some influencer online or someone. I see a background. I'm like, that's Stuff Museum. I can recognize them.
0: Right.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's a very, like, there'll be, like, single-color background with, like, those neon signs behind them. It's very telling of a Stuff Museum or, you know, stuff like that. So when you're looking, just look at a couple of Stuff Museums and then flip through, like, TikTok or, like, Reels. Right. And you'll be like, that, that right there. Like, (laughs) you can just tell. (laughs) And you know they do it because – an influencer will go to a stuff museum, take a hundred pictures through all the different exhibits, and then just schedule it out for whatever, right? Forever long. And so as long as all of your exhibits are um, really good,
0: that's it. Pretty straightforward. Right. And then, like you said, you can partner with, you can have uh, photographers and videographers that yep. Do it. And then if you have a membership to it, you become the preferred people of the place and you go on a list, and the people who come in can choose you from the list, etc.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So it'd be great. I think out of a lot of my business ideas, I think it's the um easiest one and probably the most lucrative off the
0: after off the- after COVID, people are dying for events to go places and do things. I mean, yeah. that X house in Keene exploded after COVID because yeah. It's an event, right. Like it's something you can go somewhere, do something, have fun and not be bored out of your mind. People are sick yep. of being home.
1: Absolutely. And that's why uh, one of my friends and I were talking about opening the rage room. Cause I still want to do it and it's going to happen, but that one's a little more labor intensive. So I'm mm-hmm. worried about the labor market um, because again, I work a day job. So if I was doing it myself, would it work? Yes. Um, but I would just have to make sure everything plays well and then i would be able to commit to it but the rage room i every time i tell someone a buddy of mine's like let's do it i have the money let's do it so i've been running numbers trying to figure out what i want to do first and i still think it's a stuff museum and then maybe the rage room because they're very very similar when it comes to layout um equipment's a little different but still pretty similar so so scheduling everything is very similar between the two it's just you do something different right
0: so well it's also if you build it off mrr and get monthly recurring revenue then it becomes more sellable too so it's something that come the day you don't want to run it or own it anymore it actually becomes valuable
1: yeah yep and that's what we're looking to do is like um i'm trying to build a hundred businesses that pay me a thousand dollars a month and uh that's going to be it. So build
0: 100. I thought you wanted to work with 100 that got you a piece of the pie. Build 100 is a difference. So,
1: so okay. So, however, I get to the hundred, uh, <laughs> right? If it comes,
0: to... building 100. You want to have what you want to have your hands in 100. You want to build 100 startups.
1: So, if I was good at it, maybe. But like you are right. If it comes to a point where I'm just buying them, that's another option right so I shouldn't say build whatever have well, I mean, Chris a like we
0: have, <laughs> I hate uh, you know me by now I've, I've done the startup thing and I'm tired of it I got tired of it quicker than you did I uh, <laughs> drove me nuts once I found um m it's like I I'm never looking back but yeah. I look at everything differently for instance I'll give you an example uh next week I'm going down to Worcester Mass yeah. um to i'm doing a walkthrough of a video production company a video agency that's uh they're they're technically a startup but they do like 30 to fifty thousand dollar projects um but they're all on the project hamster wheel they don't have any recurring revenue which means if you don't have recurring revenue you're fighting for your projects and you don't have any basis of what's coming in next month it's a terrible place to be in and they're a service business so they're not productized which means it's going to be hard as hell for them to scale right yeah so i got them intro to them through a friend of mine I was saying I was looking um, to invest in a video production agency or partner with one depending mm-hmm. on the situation and my friend introduced me so I had a conversation with them on how we would build reoccurring revenue and how we would productize their service and the guy really liked me and so now I'm driving down to Worcester Mass next Wednesday to walk his studio and start talking um, the situation but the thing is I didn't go out and try to start a video production company. I'm going to use his assets and his business and everything he's built and his brand. And we're going to tack on an arm to it. And I'm going to get a piece of the pie from that. Right. That's how I like to, that's how now I look at the world. What can I acquire or how can I use somebody that's already built it to improve what they do and get a piece of their pie that way? Just because if we can improve what they're doing, they're happy. I'm happy. And I don't have to be a startup trying to go do it because, you know, so, I mean, if you look at it from that angle, I think it's highly achievable if you wanted to, like, do that and get a piece in 100 companies that pay you. And it'll be well more than $1,000 a month at that point, right?
1: Yeah, that's so, just the idea.
0: Yeah. So, But that's an easier way to do it than try to build your own 100 startups as much, as much as I know you've got the ideas.
1: I have 100 ideas for business. I could do it, but take those
0: ideas and find people who have laid the groundwork for them and then go give them the ideas and take a piece of the pie
1: yeah <laughs> i like i said i agree and uh like i said <laughs> build is probably not the best word for it so i'll just say
0: i want i, I, I want to own 100 businesses wonderful. It's all right i'm just kind of ragging on you for it but it, was, it drove no it drove me nuts before because when i was a couple years ago i was like I, I had adhd just like you for massive like massive adhd where i'm like oh i want to i want to build multiple but that's like the now that i look back at it it's like the worst dumbest saying in the world i want to build multiple businesses at once like you what <laughs> like i was i was like just like i told my friend again and i'm like look the landscaping company you're operating and building—I guarantee you—that's about five full-time jobs wrapped into one as a yeah. startup. And you're saying you want to build another company on top of that when it's just you. Yeah, I'm like that. You, you think about that for a minute. Most people struggle with one nine to five.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but after after you have the resources building a startup is much easier
0: oh yeah when you have the foundation or seed funding or you yeah. know still investing when you have and you know like if you have a startup like I was in a room with a bunch of um, well-funded startups from VCs and mm-hmm. they had a totally different experience doing a startup than me when I was building my agency back in the day yeah. well the difference was I bootstrapped and they had people who are like here's five million dollars <laughs> you know what I could do with that much money right no but it's so we had a conversation they were impressed they're like you didn't take any investment money i'm like i didn't know that was an option <laughs> I, <laughs> wish, I, had that point. I wish
1: that was an option sometimes man what i could do with the co-work if i had <laughs> if i had that well, much damn money like,
0: like the thing is with the co-work it's not that this what you want to do with it now is worth investing in yeah new thing. what you have right now it just it's not that different from everything else in the well market. correct
1: and that was and that's my point you know is I don't want to stay on the track it's on. I want to move it, but there's gonna to have to be some changes across the board of you know, yeah, and the probably selfie location
0: or selfie museum as you call it. Yeah. I, like I, that would be you do a solid business plan for that, you could definitely raise money.
1: Yeah, so there's things I'm um, looking at, me, I do like bootstrapping. I like building out things without taking investment, but it's also getting old. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: so, but we'll see. I'm uh, at There's, I have a few ideas for my most current businesses that'll be uh, I think very lucrative. And uh, what does it turn this franchise around? <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, that's interesting, yeah. Um, but that's uh, that's the thing. Oh, clicked on soon. There we go. I was like, oh, you disappeared, but yeah, no, it's good. Um, it's <sighs> It's interesting looking at, like, I, I think when you talk about assets and building from a foundation, um, it's once it's like I was talking to Sven, one of my partners, like, it's like once you get one, once you have a foundation that is bringing you money yeah, and is you like, you know, you, you can wake up every single month and something's coming in and you're not spending 90 hours a week in that business. Once you have some sort of foundation literally everything else gets easier. Every next startup you do, every next business you buy, every next investment you have, it becomes easier because now you're not operating from scarcity. And that's the thing. It's not trying to go from zero to empire. It's trying to go from zero to one, right? Get that one solid thing and then you can build.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of people get caught there because I've been there you know, uh, I was lucky that, I mean, not lucky, but I had disability from the army and that covered right. most of my basic expenses, um, when I was getting started, but man, the co-work drilled into that, you know, me expecting it to be much easier and, uh, that didn't go well, was but like
0: I, surprise.
1: yeah, but I definitely wouldn't have been able to even start the co-work if I didn't have that foundation sitting down there, you know? So I definitely understand if, if the co-work was going full steam, I would already have launched all, all other businesses. Yeah. Right. So yeah, I get that. That'd be, it's nice to have that, you know, foundation and then you can start growing and expanding the way you want.
0: Yeah. It makes it good. And that's how, uh, that makes it fun. And that makes life worth more interesting at that point. But I mean, it's like, it's that struggle. I, uh, (laughs) I see things so differently now. And it's just because like, I don't come from a top down place on that. um, But I'm finally getting traction in everything I'm doing. And it's because I found my personality, which I tell everybody now But like, I get I still get startups that come to me because of back in the marketing days, I took everyone. And I worked with startups a lot. And the thing is, like, it intrigues me when you look at the coaches and the Instagram, like the uh, the influencers yeah. and the coaching programs out there, how they target startups with like little to no money, yeah. and that intrigues me because I'm telling people, if you haven't gone zero to fifty, I cannot work with you. I can't. I'm the fifty to one hundred guy. I cannot help you from zero to fifty. I just can't. It's not my wheelhouse. It's not who I am. I am very good at going into things that are already working and make them work ten times better. I can build mountains on foundations, but if you don't have the foundation, I'm just not the guy, right? And so, like that, it's it's intriguing to me now that I've I've I realized that figured that out in my identity. And now I get hit with ads and I'm watching all these coaches and gurus and influencers and all they're targeting are people who haven't built foundations. And I'm like, isn't that the harder thing to do? Mm. Like, isn't, isn't that much harder than going in and working with people who have already built something? Like what I do, it doesn't make sense to me anymore. Hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's fun to see everyone's growth as a, go through businesses and they try things and fail and you know what they find easier versus what other people find easier so it's, it's been fun to watch you know my own struggles
0: and then yours <laughs> yeah we've been through quite a few but yeah because I I mean, i've you. been through a lot and then i've been through some with you as well for different projects we tried before things kind of kicked off but that's yeah, been fun. i don't regret any of them no it's all about like
1: i said it's all about uh learning you know, figuring out yeah. where your strengths are.
0: Speaking of struggles, you know, like, so we started, you and I tried to pull off the 3D printing stuff for plastic, mm-hmm. for 3D printing ways. Yep. And now I'm in a world now, now me and Ray and Fitchburg mass have a development deal in the pipeline to 3d print two to three single family homes. Nice.
1: I saw Ooh. vaguely something about that yesterday. Was it, you were standing in front of a big crane, Oh yeah, I'm from we're, partners.
0: we're purchasing yeah. a giant, um, a giant- <laughs> A giant 3D It's not cheap, but we're gonna end up either we're gonna end up getting it through donations and investor partnerships as well, which will get a preferred return on giving us the money to purchase it. But it was a giant construction 3D printer that can 3D print like small micro homes, teeny homes, in like yeah. a day and a half, right? So it's about thirty grand a month to rent it, or eight hundred thousand to buy it, but it can be split up into payments. And they're yeah. coming out in Q4, which we're probably not going to buy the exact one I was standing in front of. Yeah, yeah. They're coming out in Q4 with a new model. The one, the one I was standing in front of can print up to four stories. Nice. It's ridiculous, right? Yeah. So. We're only focused on single family homes at the moment. So they're coming out with a Q4 on a new upgraded model only for single family homes. And it's like half the price. Yeah. yeah. So we're probably going to wait for that one and find a partner right now to use this one. But if this development deal comes through, even if it's $30,000 a month, we'll get the homes built in like a week. Or so, and the homes we can sell for much more than that. So it's yeah. like we'll have an ROI on it. It's just like then, what do we do with the machine for the rest of the month?
1: <laughs> just I don't know. Keep printing.
0: <laughs> just keep just keep printing. I said, just <laughs> keep swimming. Just keep printing. Just keep printing shit.
1: You know, <laughs> well, that's what it is. You know, so uh, like I do this in in my apparel business, and then yeah, so apparel is probably the best one. Um, when I put in an order for shirt designs, a lot of times the design space is far bigger than the design that the customer's ordering. Right. Right. So what I'll do is I'll put my other designs in all that negative space. So essentially the customer's paying for me to screw around and see if my designs look good.
0: <laughs> right. right.
1: So that could be, I don't know if that's an, any sort of actual answer is since they're already paying you to create a product and then you have, a whole bunch more time. Well, that's free time to mess around and see, what's
0: see. Up at the wall, see what's up, see what. Absolutely, works. It's, a l- to- it's a little bit more expensive when you're dealing with housing, but <laughs> yeah, 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 whatever, you know, a little bit more money,
1: <laughs> pennies, hundreds of thousands of dollars, whatever.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's funny, but yeah, it we works. actually it worked out good because this entire development deal, this project, where we just so me and Ray flew down to Washington, D.C. By the way, first time I've ever been on a plane. That was awesome. Really? Uh, no, I've never oh, wow. been for before. First time. I'm a small town kid. Come on. Like I grew oh, up in a nice. small town. Where am I going? I drove. Do you not remember I told you I literally drive to Florida when I go to Florida?
1: I don't know if you ever told me that. I don't know if we ever spoke to it.
0: Florida. Yes. So now I'll yeah. now we'll take a plane, but I I went on a plane for the first time we did jet blue. So like you can have yeah. alcohol and air, like and like they give you free snacks and stuff is really cool. Um, But I did that. We flew down in Washington, D.C. for the Innovative Housing Showcase. And uh, we got to see a lot of different, you know, things going on in the affordable home industry and all yeah. this and stuff. And, you know, got to meet some cool partners and vendors and HUD and made some great connections. But on our way back, we um one of our board members, one of our new ones, his name's Victor. He brought in a lead from a guy who had land and he wanted he either wanted to sell his land or he was interested in partnering with somebody like a nonprofit yeah, to yeah. build 3D printing houses on it and then just share in the profits for it. And so we got to use his land and he was a builder so he could submit everything to the town and get it approved as needed. So it was like this this double whammy, which was like awesome because it was like, wow, what a, what a perfect scenario. Right. So we start and we, in Washington DC, we were talking to our partners, which makes the machines I was standing in front of so they can get us CAD files and all the stuff we needed to do these houses and they can get it at 10 times less cost than going out and hiring somebody else to design them because they build the machines that print them. Right. So it's like, it was just like this, this really weird, once Ray and I forced momentum into ESG, we got momentum and then we just, things just kept coming in. But I don't think if we ever forced it, like we were like pounding it for a minute, trying to figure out like when it, when is something going to pop? And then Washington DC trip, boom. Nice.
1: Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm really glad that relationship with uh Why did you forget his name all of a sudden?
0: Right?
1: Yeah. Jeez. Did
0: you really, I was like get raised now? <laughs> Yeah,
1: literally uh, we were just talking about it I'm like yeah, whatever. So, I'm really glad that relationship paid off.
0: <laughs> oh, we're weird we're like best friends now him and I. It's so crazy. That's a small world. Um like, I was, I stayed over at his house the other night, drove two hours up there, stayed at his house for a couple of days, watching DC trip. We're going out, um, we're going to dinner tomorrow with my other partner. Speaking of like small world, yeah. Sven, the guy I keep talking about, Sven Heistad, mm-hmm. he's one of my partners now, and he lives in Ringe right down the road from you want to talk about law of attraction. All right. Here's a good thing for this episode. We're going to talk about law of attraction for a minute. Yeah. I live in Fitzwilliam, right? Fitzwilliam and wrench, maybe 10 minutes from each other. Like when I got my groceries, I drove to wrench the Walmart and wrench, right? Yeah. This was crazy. One. I never knew Sven existed, right? Sven is 45 minutes from me. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. There is something interesting. What's more interesting is he lives in wrench. Mm hmm. What's even more interesting is he has an office in Ridge. Yeah. Here's the thing: when I lived in Fitzwilliam and I was starting my business, I drove to a parking lot in Ridge for an office for lease, and I sat in that office, like the the parking lot, of the office, looking at, it and I said, "I'm going to have an office here someday." Yeah. I never, I never did. I moved out of Fitzwilliam, went to Walpole, and all these other areas. Never got an office there, mm-hmm. Ben. And I start talking. We meet on a Facebook group. We start talking. We're on the phone every day, building stuff, doing our partnership. You know, like he becomes a good friend of mine. Finally want to meet in person. Come up to my office in Ringe. I go up to Ringe, and I'm like, this is really familiar. Like like the place I was looking at a couple of years ago is right by here. Until my GPS coordinates tell me to pull in that same exact parking lot and walk into that same exact office, which is Sven's office, which he says he wants to turn into our office for Partner Ridge. Nice. I was like, what are the chances? Now, what was, so technically it will become my office as well, mm-hmm. eventually, because I own, I co-own the company that is going to be in that office, yeah, right? Yeah. So what are the chances of me sitting in that parking lot about five years prior and saying that, and then randomly when I'm not expecting it, it coming true? Yeah, it's pretty good. Nuts, right? I was like, this cannot be real. (laughs) I mean, it's not a huge getting like, it's, it's funny because it's not a huge ordeal to rent an office, but when you connect those things, it was like, whoa. Yeah. like people, law of attraction. There's something there. I don't think it works out. We think it works, but there is something there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I don't know if it's a, I don't know. I'm sure there's a bunch of uh, coincidences or pieces there. So it's, that's good. I like that.
0: Yeah, it's cool, right? I'm like, I yeah. can't believe it. Like, I'm sitting there, I'm like, I don't understand this, but it's cool too. And now we're going to dinner tomorrow because, of, you know, I'm so close to Ray. Um, yeah. So we're going to Lemus or Mass. Tomorrow, me, Sven, and Ray to have dinner and all talk and stuff. And Sven's Sven's into manual, like, he spent his life in manufacturing construction and he's a real estate developer. And so that means he's right up Ray's alley. So yeah, Ray yeah. gets along with him and they're meeting. So it's like, it has all started with the co work. Yeah, all started with the cohort. Yeah, it's phenomenal. You achieved your mission. If you do nothing else, you achieved your mission. You changed <laughs> like, like at least based from, from me and the people in my vicinity, you changed like five people's lives right there. Yeah, that's
1: phenomenal. I mean, I'm sure it would happened regardless, but you know, who knows? I know
0: if, I, if it wasn't for you, I don't know if I'd ever run into Ray, or at least not for well, a no so, years. Maybe
1: maybe it would have been later on, but if you still met Sven. He could have run into who knows. There's, they said, it's already a small world. Yeah, you might have run into each other eventually, anyway. But you know, we'll 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 give it a helping hand.
0: (laughs) We'll give it just just take the credit, Chris. You're done. (laughs) (laughs) Credit, it's all worth it. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, I met like that event you (laughs) and Gail hosted. I met so many people there that then, like, now I have. What it's so funny. One of the relationships I met there caused me to revive another relationship i had reached out to prior and talked to that gentleman and then that gentleman got me a relationship he trusted and that person became a really close friend of mine who now calls me and like we talk once a month and he feeds me all these contacts and info and it just keeps coming in and it's like so weird how when you look at it how like one relationship can lead to stuff like that
1: absolutely And I think one of the best ways to think about it is, uh, I I forget what it is. Is it six degrees of separation? Um, Everyone on the planet is connected by at least six degrees. So all you have to do is find those people and how they're connected. Right. And then you
0: can talk to anyone you want to know. Yeah, no, exactly. I agree with that. Like if you ever people are like, oh, I you, so-and-so is ignoring me or I don't know how to get in front of so-and-so, find somebody who knows them or find somebody who knows somebody who knows them and go become friends with that person or yep. talk to them or help them solve a problem. And then you can get your way into there because I like warm intros are so much better than cold intros. Absolutely. My- like warm intros, just the whole vibe, the whole relationship, the whole conversation. It's like I call it network hacking. And I was describing this to a couple of people the other day. It's like I can build a stream of income off the people you know. If you just intro intro me to one or two people and you trust me, I can build entire businesses out of your network, right? Because yeah. it's like now we have the relationship. Yeah. And that's what matters in business is the relationship. It's great. Um it, a lot of people think it's like they think strategy. They're like, what's the strategy? What's the strategy? What's the strategy? And Orrin Claff talks about this perfectly when it comes to sales. I have read so many sales books and so many courses on sales and done training programs on sales, and they always try to give you a strategy like, like do this, do this, you know, all these numbers. Orrin Claff of pitch anything and flip the script. He talks all about frame. Yeah. Right. Frame and holding your frame and having that battle of frame and and a negotiation and a meeting to getting people to understand who you actually are and how frame is more powerful than strategy. Well, when you have a warm intro that really like boosts your frame up with that (laughs) individual. Right. So Mm -hmm. you don't need tactics. It's just a frame game when you're meeting people to get them to do what you want or to build things together and have a successful relationship with them. Mm. It's fitting into each other's frames. Or if you want to win a negotiation, you have to have, be, have the stronger frame, but to have the stronger frame, you can't be somebody they don't know out of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Definitely. Like you said, direct connections help a lot more. Mm -hmm. And now uh, what was that book? I have it sitting over here somewhere. Um, oh, was it Michael Whitehouse? I think it was. I, I haven't had a chance to read it yet. Oh, but the it... one
0: you was giving out.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I have it around here somewhere. It's sitting around here, but yeah, it was very similar to working your referrals or working your connection. So anyway, who knows? <laughs> Just kind of whatever. Anyway. So it's been about an hour now, so let's call it there for this Remember. month. This is uh one of my favorite podcasts to do every month. Cause just getting a chance to sit down, talk to you, get up to speed on everything you've been doing for a month is pretty cool. So I like it. So how do people get a hold of you?
0: So if you want to get in touch with me, it's Brandon, B-R-A-N-D-O-N, at CodyCapital.com, C-O-T-Y-C-A-P-I-T-A-L.com, and just send me an email, or you can just go to the website as well and contact me there. Cool. My name is Chris Pastrana. Uh,
1: you can find me pretty much everywhere, American Entrepreneur. Um I think my Instagram is Pastrana Enterprises. So I have that links to pretty much all my other profiles. So uh, yeah, I hope y'all had fun this month. I'm looking forward to next month already because every month it seems to be, you and I are going in pretty good directions and it's always fun Mm -hmm. to catch up. So I like that. So everyone, thanks
0: for listening and tuning in and uh, we'll talk to you later. See you guys.